Make home your favorite new restaurant this spring with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks are aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouth-watering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code VOICES into the search bar, and save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers package are four iconic fork tender butcher's cut filet mignons, four ultra juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets. Yum, I love those. And so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you'll also get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is visit omahasteaks.com and type voices in the search bar to order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today. Save over 50% plus get four free chicken breasts and four burgers, all from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years. That's omahasteaks.com and type voices in the search bar. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C. Today, my guest is Bruno Amato. He's an actor who's now looking to unseat GOP leader Kevin McCarthy. He definitely has his work cut out for him, but we had such a fantastic conversation. I know you're going to have fun. Now, you know, I always try to keep these intros short. I have a new tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with just a quick little intro. I'll get into that in a second. But the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners. It's women-run, and it's patrons who keep the show going. Thank you to each and every one of you who supports this show. If you do enjoy today's show take a look at the about page check out some of my past guests you'll see i interview mostly political people but i also like to talk to actors today i got a double whammy because bruno is both just go to patreon.com slash start me up i do two free shows on mondays and wednesdays they're followed up by patrons only shows it's what's up with me where i talk about whatever i feel like and then i do a patrons only show with a guest at least once a month and of course if you sign up to do the ad free shows you get all of that sent to your mailbox each and every time I do a show. So don't forget, that's patreon.com slash startmeup. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, and you can use that with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, the Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, please rate the show and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. All right. Please enjoy my conversation with Bruno Amato. Welcome to the show, Bruno. Hey, Kimberly, how's everything going? Oh, everything is going pretty good considering we're still, you know, in the last throes of the, at least I am, throes of quarantine. So I haven't yeah. yet been vaccinated. Have you been vaccinated? I haven't been vaccinated yet, but, you know, it's funny you say that because yesterday I went on the, I think it was like the CVS thing thinking, uh -huh. okay, so now it's like people that are 50 and over and I'm 59. So I figured, you know, I'd be able to sign up and it says, you cannot sign up because you don't meet the qualifications. So I don't know if I have wow. to wait a couple of days until it's actually um, April 1st before I can oh, do that. So right. yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I have to wait probably until the 27th of April. But it just I think, you know, we might get lucky because 
if there's an, a, like a huge amount of vaccines that land, because I'm, I'm in Maryland right now. Mm-hmm. So if we, yeah. if we get a whole bunch of vaccines, it, it might open up earlier. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm just grateful that we're at the tail end of this, even though there's a variant and all that stuff. But, okay, so first of all, yeah. I don't know if you know this. I want You're running for Congress. You, you, you're running against Kevin McCarthy, and I want to get to that in a minute. But before okay. we get into that, I don't know if you know that I used to be an actor. And... I was looking through your IMDb and it made me laugh because so many times you were you played a police officer. And then I saw that in 2008, you played a guard on Days of Our Lives. Well, I, for seven years, played a police officer on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> oh, so that's so funny. I mean, actually, like I've been on Days of Our Lives. I don't know why it doesn't show on IMDb, but yeah, I've done a couple different episodes. Like I've played a few different parts throughout the years on yeah. uh, on Days. And, and I think Days is just one of the few soap operas that's still on <laughs> yeah i know and it started a i can't remember how old it is but it's older than i am i think and oh um, yeah 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 for sure and, and, yeah. and so, so you know it, it um they taped that where like the johnny carson show yes. used to tape in burbank yeah yes. yeah yes 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 i used to live there and was you know i lived in la for like 40 years now I'm yeah. back on the East Coast because I'm originally from here. My mom moved here, but that's another story. So, but yeah, I, I, it's funny because my mom watched Days of Our Lives when I was a baby. And then uh-huh. my grandmother watched it. And then I started watching it when I was nine. And then, you know, just like over the years I watched it, I, even though I was in school, I would watch it during Christmas break or something like that. And yeah. then it was funny because I was an actor and I studied acting and my acting coach, we had this, this, uh, it was called the professional level, and then we, we would invite casting directors right, to come right. and see Yeah, us yeah, yeah, they, me too, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we got Fran Bascom, who she's no longer with us, but yes. my, my coach knew her, and so my mom was also in that acting class, and we were pestering him, and we're like, you've got to get her in here. And my mom had worked as an extra on the show, and I had seen so many people from Days come, and I used to work at the, it's now Macy's, but it used to be the Broadway in Glendale, California, and I would see all these yeah you know, days actors come in. So it was like, I don't know. It was like always surrounded by days. And so finally Fran came in and she hired both my mother, I think was the first person. My mother got more work than anybody from the studio. Cause she played a, a maid to one of the evil characters. And so it's like, we got the most work out of everyone. And I, it's funny you say different characters. Cause I started as a model. I was hired as yeah. a model twice and then I played a reporter and then I played a cop and that's what stuck. So this is kind of funny. That, that's so funny. You know, it's crazy because I, I got my start in New York and, and uh, I got my SAG card, you know, from Screen Actors Guild um, yes. doing um, the soaps out there. So I, you know, I got on all my children and wow. as the world turns and the guy, like the first, um, my first speaking role ever, was on Guiding Light with, um, I don't know if you remember, Kim Zimmer, who yes. used to play Reva Shane. Totally, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah so I, I was actually going to like, it was supposed to be like a thing where, um, if you remember, like Guiding Light was like on that lighthouse, like oh, they'd always right. show that, yeah. And um, so I know like me and this other guy were supposed to like kidnap Reva on the top <laughs> of the lighthouse. And um, she goes to escape and like, I'm supposed to like just stop her, but I had no lines. And then the director's like, yeah, this looks weird. And he's like, hey, Bruno, just say uh, nice try, lady. So my first lines <laughs> ever on TV were nice try, lady. And that was it. <laughs> but, but, that, but you know what, Kimberly, like after that, like I literally, 
I've been on, I think I've been on, it doesn't show on IMDb, but I've been on every soap wow. except The Bold and the Beautiful. That's oh, the only wow. one that escaped me. I know. I think I even saw you, you were on Passions. I forgot about Passions. Even Passions, yeah, <laughs> like which was only on for a couple of years. But yeah. yeah, even Passions I ended up getting on. Yeah. That's so I know, funny. so and weird, I, but like bold and beautiful for some reason. I guess I just so don't weird. fit their, you know, bold and beautiful uh, <laughs> outlook. So yeah. And you've been on American Housewife, which yeah, like I, I was on American Housewife the not this past season, but the the two seasons prior, um, playing a guy named Uncle Louie. So uh, that was great. Um, because there's a, a guy, uh, he's on Twitter, Diedrich Bader, yeah, who, you know, is a, known for so many other roles, but uh, he plays the dad on that show. And yeah, such yeah. a great guy, such a, uh, just great people. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been on my show. So, and he's really cool. Oh. I love him. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's funny and he, he's just, he's an interesting guy. And I really appreciate the fact that he's got this gorgeous garden. He's got an Instagram page dedicated to all his flowers and it's a nice place to go. You know, oh. when everything is just crazy and uh, icky, I like to go to his Instagram because it's so it's so relaxing. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. I got to check that out. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to ask you again. I mean, we I definitely want to get into this uh, reason why you're running, but I'm so curious. Yeah. You know, I, I read you were an iron worker. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I yeah, I was an iron worker. I, you know, I, I uh, after high school, I just like real fast. But after high school, I, I joined the Navy Um and I was like, even when I graduated boot camp of Navy of the Navy, I was still 17. So I was like a young guy when I, I was in the service. And uh, yeah, and then I got out of the service and eventually uh, became an iron worker. Like I, I went through an apprentice training like for three years and it was like my first uh, union job. And, um, you know, which made me really love unions because, you know, you get paid a good wage and you get great benefits. And uh, yeah, so I did that for um, about 10 years. And then uh, I read this book by this guy named Les Brown, who's like a motivational speaker. And uh, and who was at one time married to Gladys Knight of Gladys mm. Knight and the Pips. Wow. But anyway, um, I digressed. But I mm. on my lunch breaks, I used to read his book, like Live Your Dreams. And it was always like a dream to be an actor. And, and it, I just thought it was like, you know, it could never happen because I was at the time I was like almost 40 and this and that. And and then I started going to New York City like after work and, and I would literally like shower in the street. Like I'd bring a, a gallon of water and just like... Mm -hmm wash it over my head and then go into this acting class. And yeah, wow. and that's how I got my start uh, oh, from being an iron worker into being an actor. And I moved to LA like around uh, 2001. So what, when you studied in, in New York, was there a specific technique that you studied? No, it's funny because I, I really, uh, I've never studied a technique. Like I, I you know, I mean, I, I started out just playing like the thug, you know, on most <laughs> of those soap operas that I was talking about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it always be a couple lines here and there, but I just kind of like learned the craft on my own. Just, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, of course I've taken acting classes throughout the years mm -hmm. and I used to take, like you were talking about those, um, casting director workshops where you'd right. come in, they'd come in and you do like a monologue form yeah. or you do a prepared scene in front of them. And, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and throughout the years, and I, you know, I came out to LA and of course I took a lot of like cold reading classes mm -hmm. and, uh, audition class, but yeah, I've, I've, um, I've accumulated, uh, um, you know, over like a hundred film and TV credits yeah. throughout the years. So I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I've been a, a part of a lot of 
a lot of TV shows, a few big films, and uh, yeah, and it's it's been a it's been a crazy ride. Was you know I'm, I'm talking to you because you know the whole you know how it goes like yeah. in this business. It's like it's uh, to be a working actor, it's not easy, especially if you haven't had like some people come in and have like years and years of yeah. training and and uh, and do theater and all that kind of stuff. I just you know I'm I'm basically just like your character actor that mm. you know goes here and there and bangs around and and uh and just makes a living yeah yeah and so are, are you doing that still now yeah i i'm still doing it actually like uh you know well last year was so crazy but um i uh at the end of last year i ended up getting on this show called yellowstone oh yes with, the, with kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah with kevin costner and so i went out, i was in montana uh the end of last year from like the whole month of October and like part of November um, shooting Yellowstone. And it wasn't that I was shooting that whole time. It's just that they brought me out. Um, and then because of COVID, they didn't want to send me back to LA mm -hmm. because, you know, you know, COVID uh, was so much worse here right. than it was in Montana. So they figured like, let's keep this guy safe and keep him in Montana. And oh, wow. so I ended up shooting a couple episodes out there and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that because uh, it's such a great show. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I definitely want to. I've heard really good things about it. That's so cool. It's it, yeah. I have to say, I mean, you know, as a person who was also in that business, I I guess I was in it for just over a decade. And Days of Our Lives was it was never a huge part. It was, you know, I would do yeah. like five lines or less. Occasionally they would shoot me a it was called a day player where you get six lines or more. But yeah. outside of that, I mean, that was I did a little bit here and a little bit there. I was like. I played uh, on Mad About You. I think I was hired as a bit player, and it was because I was tall. And it was so funny because uh, when I when I got to the set, I was I was like a glorified extra, but still, I got to the yep. set. And this girl that I went to school with, I went. I was I think we were in eighth and ninth grade together. She was also an extra, which I thought was really interesting. And then I I actually some somebody like the producer or whatever brought in a family member who got to play this bit part that I was hired for. Oh, but what yeah. was interesting was she, I got so much more screen time than she did. And even though, I mean, I had no lines or anything, uh, people who knew me, like my bank teller or people at the grocery store, they were like, you were on that about you. <laughs> like, that was That's my so first crazy. little taste. Of, I never got recognized from TV, but that, I mean, that was like the one and only time, but I just thought it was kind of I funny. Know, that was such a great show. I know it was such, I always loved that show and it was so oh, yeah. fun to be on it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I had a really interesting experience in Hollywood. I'm happy not to do it anymore. I'm really glad <laughs> that I had that experience. But um, I love talking to actors because it's just there. It's just so fun to be creative, and I, I I don't know what it is in an actor that that drives them to do it. But I think it would kind of be the same thing as what I'm doing right now as a podcaster, because it's a form of entertainment and it's it's a way yeah. to be creative and express yourself. And I think as a podcaster, I'm a little bit more happy because I get to call all the shots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. So, I, think, I think it's so cool, like to have your own podcast because, yeah, it's like your own like, I, like that to me. Like I'm a, I'm slightly envious because I don't know how you how you started doing it. But um, I think it's pretty cool that you uh, have. Your, I mean, it's like your own show, which yeah, is pretty is. awesome, which is like that's the Internet allows us now to <laughs> have this. If, if you can build it. You know, you yeah. can have this audience. And basically, real short, real short story is that 
the reason I'm even doing this is because my boyfriend is a podcaster. He's been, he was in radio for a long time. So he's, he totally knows the deal. And so, yeah. uh, I was on his show a couple of times, but it was funny because in 2016, we were in on the East Coast because we were living in California at the time, but we were visiting the East Coast and we listened to the WTF with Mark Marin pod. And I think it was the one where oh, yeah. um, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, it was I listened to that podcast and I I thought I, I, I could do this. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm like, I want to do this. And so I did it. And it took a while for me to find the rhythm that I'm in right now. But yeah. uh, but now that I'm doing it, it's like I absolutely love it. And I love to get to talk to people like you because I get it's it's like, you know, what's so funny is like when you do these podcasts and you talk to people all over the United States, it's almost like you're making a new friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, that, I, that's what I mean. That's why I'm envious. Like, it, like you get to actually reach that person and, yeah. and find out their whole like life story, which is kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> so let's get into this whole thing with uh, Kevin McCarthy. So you're going to run against him. And I want to know, what was it that made you decide to run? Well, so I, uh, well, you know, I, I live in his district now. I, uh, I lived in, in LA County for many years and then i met this great girl who lives in northern california like up by sacramento so i you know like i'm just a single guy so and uh, just like a working actor like you know i just i i get i get by and rent for me was starting to get really expensive so i said you know what i could be if i lived in bakersfield it'd be a lot cheaper to live and i'd be a lot closer to my girlfriend i could just drive instead of like flying because you know normally be like from burbank to sacramento and so um so i did that and uh of course you know this was during the time as uh when trump has been uh you know i hate to even call him president but whatever he was and uh (laughs) and the thing that really got me to run was what happened in the last few months and that was you know i I mean i think we almost lost our country completely on January 6th, if, if a few things would have not happened on that day, um, if they, if the police didn't end up taking control of that situation, let me tell you something. If God forbid, if like Nancy Pelosi or any other number of, um, people would have been hurt or Mm -hmm. killed, God forbid, you know, this guy, Trump would still be president. And do you think a guy like McCarthy would be saying a word about it? Right. No, uh, this guy, uh, you know, I, I don't just use the term traitor like loosely because I know it's like, oh, well, you know, to be a traitor, blah, blah, blah. Like, but this guy, like he, he lied to not only his constituents here in, in the 23rd district, he was on Fox News for, for months lying about the election. And when you tell someone that you're, one of your biggest rights as an American citizen, the right to vote was stolen. Mm -hmm. You may go a little crazy and that's what happened. These people listen to guys like him and we almost lost our country. So yeah, that's what made me say, no, no more. And I'm going to run against this guy. So that's, I mean, I have no experience in politics, you know, but I'm just an American citizen. I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. And I took an oath, like when I was 17 to stand up for all enemies Kimberly, foreign right. and domestic. And this guy to me is a domestic enemy. Yes, he is. Yeah, he absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, obviously, as you said, you're an actor and you don't have experience in government, but... One of, because you were in the Navy and because you are a member of more than one union, I think that yeah. <laughs> I think that gives you more qual. You have more qualifications than he has to be <laughs> in that well, role. You know, it, it's funny, you know, because some people say, Bruno, you don't have like political experience. And I say, well, you know who does have political experience? Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. Sure. Exactly. That's the perfect answer. Well, so, <laughs> I mean, what is it like? Is that that's is that a red district where you live? It, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a red district for sure. Um, you know, but I'll tell you this: like I, ever since I announced uh, my candidacy to run, I've heard from so many people in this district that, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I'm sure, like no matter what, it's yeah, it's a red district. But there, yeah. people have reached out to me even this past weekend. I, I got to say. I, uh, I don't know if you saw this on my Twitter account, but anyway, this uh, this one constituent that lives in Bakersfield, her family's owned oil here since 1911. So they have wow. those pump jacks on this oil field, which is like a um, maybe about uh, 20, 30 miles from where I live. And uh, but I mean, in this district and uh, yeah, she's like, hey, Bruno, you know what? My family's been in oil ever since forever. And but I'm with you like, you know, I'm. I don't like McCarthy. He's a, he's not a good person. He's, uh, you know, I mean, it goes on and on. So like, I, I know I could reach out to a lot of people in this district and and a lot of young people have reached out to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, uh, it's a big Latino community also. And like this guy, I mean, he's on every single day. If you watch what he says on Twitter or on, on Fox news, whatever, it's all about these illegals mm-hmm. and these illegal immigrants like as if they're like animals like right. these are people that work Kimberly yeah here in this district you, you don't know how many of them break their ass every day and this guy considers them to me I think he considers them animals like less yeah. than human it's disgusting it is disgusting so I mean what do you how do you how do you plan I mean you've got some time obviously so yeah. what is your plan to reach out? Because, I, you know, I mean, we've watched whether you like him or not. And, you know, he can be a very divisive figure. Uh, but Bernie Sanders was able to go into West Virginia and talk <clears throat> to a lot of Trump voters and get them interested in Medicare for all. So he clearly yeah. has that way. He can reach out to people across the aisle. And the thing is, it's not to, in my opinion, that's not even across the aisle. That is, you know, you with a lot of these Trump supporters, I mean, of course, we've 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 seen the angry ones. We've seen the ones that are just irrational. But then there are those Trump supporters who have been told lies. They believe the lies. And it's not that they're bad people. They've been misled. They've been brainwashed, whatever it is. So how do you get them to vote for you? What is your strategy to reach out to those people? Okay, so you know it's a it's a tough district as we know, and uh, but I think the people are fed up. Um, in in previous elections, like uh, the people that ran against McCarthy, they didn't have the resources to reach enough voters. I mean, literally, this guy raises millions, so it's going to take yeah. a big fundraising to to you know compete with him. And right. I started early. I mean, literally. Um, I have the best start of any candidate 
who's ever run against McCarthy and he's been in office uh, like 17 years, whatever it is. Wow. So, uh, you know, uh, we I have a great team already uh, behind me. Um, of course, we're going to need more funding, but we're going to put together a war chest for uh, for TV, radio, mm. billboards, everything we can do to showcase this guy's failures mm -hmm. and how I would be a better choice for the district. You know, and right. that's all I could do. I can only go out there every day and uh, just introduce myself to people here. You know, Kimberly, this guy, <laughs> he lives he he's from Bakersfield like this is his hometown. Mm -hmm. And he's been a congressman here for, like I said, 14, 17 years. I, I don't know exactly. I think seven. this is 17th year, whatever it is. He hasn't held a town hall in over a decade. Wow. So, yeah, imagine a guy who lives here. This is his home. He, he won't show his face here. And why won't he show his face? Because he knows that people want to ask him the tough questions mm -hmm. like, hey, what are you doing for us? What are you mm -hmm. doing? Like, why are you in Mar-a-Lago? Right. Why are you down at the border? Why aren't you freaking here? Yeah. yeah. Since you are in a couple of different unions, I know obviously the right has painted unions as something bad and negative. So if you are confronted by a constituent who, you know, doesn't like unions, what, you know, or, or says something negative about them, how would you talk to them about unions and the ben and, you know, how they can benefit from it and why they're good? Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, like myself, like when I was an iron worker, you know, like not only do you get great training, but when you, when you're a part of a union, uh, you know, um, your wages are good. Mm -hmm. Your, your health benefits are good. You know, the unemployment rate in, in Kevin McCarthy's district, like he loves to talk about other, um, you know, how these liberal cities are bad and this and that. So let's look at his district, his district, the unemployment is three points higher than the rest of California. Hmm. That's in his district. So maybe that's why he hasn't shown his face here in a decade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he shows up for fundraisers mm -hmm. with Trump, you know, but other besides that, you'll never see him. He, he won't do, he won't do a town hall. And I saw a debate with him, uh, with one of his opponents from uh, two cycles ago. And she asked him, you know, and at that time it was only like, you haven't done a town hall here and whatever it was, seven years. And he was like, what do you mean? I do town halls all the time on, I guess he does them like online. Like that's your town hall. You go <laughs> online, like, no, go to, go see the people. So yeah. yeah. I mean, if anybody ever like asked me any kind of questions about the unions, I mean, you know, I, 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 I I could tell them so many things. I mean, of course, I, I'm so happy that they um, passed the PRO Act, which allows, you know, people um, to uh, try to, you know, unionize. And, and we see what's happening at Amazon. Like these oh, people right, just yeah. want like, a, you know, they want to have benefits. They want to have good wages and they want to be able to unionize. I mean, mm -hmm. why should like these billionaires like Bezos make all this money? And then these other people are making like, you know, they're just getting by. Like, what's mm -hmm. the point of that? Yeah, and I mean, there's this whole thing going on right now that the Amazon workers are having to urinate and defecate in bottles because yes. they don't have enough time for breaks. And, you know, I mean, I, I would love for anybody who is anti-union to be able to just recognize. I mean, I was in the SAG union and I was so grateful for it because otherwise yeah. they will keep you there forever and work you and they don't care what you think and they will take advantage of you and treat you like 
like basically like you're not a slave because you are getting paid, but as close right. to a slave. I mean, if, if they could have slave labor, they would in so many instances, you know, like Je- Jeff Bezos would. Now, there, of course, there are some, you know, there are some people who own businesses and they're wonderful people and they take care of yeah. their people. But that's not everyone. And so that's the importance of unions. But um, so, I mean, I mean, are you as far as COVID is concerned? Um, have you done any town halls or, or is that something you're looking to do once once everybody gets vaccinated or like, you know, I don't know, by it, the summer? It, yeah. So so, of course, it's like a little tougher now, you know, right. with COVID. So um, but, you know, this is starting to hopefully clear up and hopefully we'll be in the clear in the next few months. But yeah. no, people have like already like said to me, hey, Bruno, why don't you have a town hall? And I'm, I'm and, and, you know, of course, yeah, I could do a Zoom town hall or whatever. But I mean, I would love to actually go in person and yeah. do a town hall and say, Hey, look who's here, but look who's not here right. and, just, and have an empty chair on the stage or something. I don't know, but yeah, no, I would, I would, I'm looking forward to that because I know this guy in the next two years, he's not going to be here doing any. So yeah, right, of exactly. course I'll jump out there. So what do you, have you, have you given any thought to uh, what if you're met with conservatives who are anti-abortion do you know how you're going to handle that? Because that seems to be one of their favorite topics to bring up. I know. Uh, well, you know, so I was raised Catholic and yet, you know, I'm pro-choice. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I guess, like uh, if someone uh, thinks it's murder and you're trying to mm-hmm. explain to them how, you know, I, I think a woman should have a choice to, you know, control her own body. I mean, like, mm-hmm. let's look at the, Republican Party. It's a bunch of old white guys mm-hmm. telling women mm-hmm. how they should um, be in charge of their bodies, how these men should be in charge of making decisions of of women's bodies. I, I, to me, it's just it's it's kind of crazy. But, you know, yeah, I, I mean, like there's certain things I guess would be tough for me to try to change people's minds on. I mean, um, you know, here's a crazy thing, Kimberly. So my girlfriend lives in Northern California and uh, there was once uh, when I drove up there and my, my serious radio wasn't working. So I had to listen to some, you know, AM, FM radio stations. And I mean, literally the whole drive up there was all this Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, like, and I'm assuming people here probably heard this, garbage for you know decades Mm -hmm. and so yeah there's going to be some people that's going to be really hard to change their minds but i'm just gonna you know again all i could do is go out there every day and uh try to get the word out there how um you know that i'll be here in this district and and i'll listen to their what their problems are and and try to help them solve their problems like that's that's all i could do right well just in case there's uh i highly recommend following leah torres on twitter and it's l-e-a-h leah torres she is an ob-gyn she talks about abortion all the time and in fact i did a debate with joe walsh do you know who joe walsh is I do know who Joe Walsh is. Yes. <laughs> so he and I, and we're friendly now. He, yeah, I, me too. Yeah. I, I'm friends with Joe. Like he's, uh, you know, he's actually uh, tweeted some things um, uh, positive about me, you know, because he's right. actually worked with yes. McCarthy and he's, he's uh, tweeted some things like, Hey, su- I support Bruno. So I, I think, awesome. Joe, you know, we're, we, of course we just like, I'm sure you do disagree <laughs> on many things uh, uh, that Joe believes right. in, but you know what? Yeah, no, he, uh, I give, I give props to Joe, 
to Joe, yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And I, I, I appreciate, you know, he came on my show and we debated abortion. And yeah. I knew that I would never get past his uh, life because he, he views it as a life and that's just the end of it. And so yeah. I knew I would never be able to make him pro-choice. Um, but I did ask him, you know, what do you think should happen to a woman if she has an abortion? And, you know, I mean, it was kind of that question. He's like, Ugh, I don't think she should go to jail and I don't think the doctor should go to jail. And so, you know, I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from. And, and I honestly believe that Joe, even though like his he doesn't even believe there should be abortion if you've been raped. And sure. I told him that I thought that was torture and that it, like if you have a daughter and you force her to, you know, have a baby by a rapist, that's torture. And, yeah. you know, he did agree. He understood that. But I think there's this thing in his mind that he just cannot get past that he feels it's human life and it's got to be saved no matter what. And, uh, you know, I couldn't change his mind on that. But but we did have we showed that we could disagree. And I don't think he's coming from an angle of I want to control women. I think mm -hmm. that it is controlling women when you do that. But but I don't yeah. think he sees it that way. So, I mean, I thought that was interesting, but one thing I can say, and for what it's worth, but Leah Torres is a great uh, person to follow because if, if you ever get stuck with somebody who's going to start screaming at you about that, she's, um, she's so, what's the word, like measured and calm and she's able to, you know, I mean, she talks about how, and not that I would think that you would get into the weeds with this, but just, yeah. you know, you could grab a couple of things from her because she talks about how being pregnant in and of itself is dangerous. But one of the things my boyfriend pointed out, and I thought this was really interesting, is that, like, for instance, Sarah Palin was always talking about how, you know, Bristol Palin chose to have uh -huh. her child and she was young and everything. But the key word here was choice. Nobody forced her to have that kid. Right. It was right. a choice that she had because we have choice here. And even though one may not agree with abortion, you know, the, the doctor, it's something between a doctor and a patient. And so I just I thought that was a good point because, you know, you hear it yeah. a lot. You know, we chose to have this baby. Well, that's exactly right. You got that choice. Nobody forced it on you. And so right. I, I always I always thought 100%. that was good. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's funny, too, like a lot of these politicians that are, um, uh, well, what they call themselves pro-life, you know, and then you find out that they had an affair with somebody and forced yeah, them to exactly. have abortion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all BS. I mean, no. I don't think they, you know, I think some people do believe it. Like, I, I genuinely do think Joe Walsh has these genuine feelings. Although, yeah. of course, I, I totally disagree with him. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, again, we had the long debate about it and we don't have to rehash everything. And it, it, it's just that I do appreciate that he is open to listening to somebody else. And, I, you know, my hope was that something might just like stick with him and over time he might think about it but you know yeah. as a candidate i imagine it, it you know for you i think it's probably you know most of the time you're gonna be focusing on the stuff that keep people are really caring about which is their home and their well-being and yeah. you know school work all that stuff that's just everyday life and right. i think that if you're able to you know i don't know maybe check out like i said you know how bernie does it because i don't know how he does it but he's just so good at it and in, in that he's able to pull in um people who are so angry 
and, and, and calm them down and say, look, you know, we, we are looking out for you. I mean, because the way, like, I don't, obviously I've never met you in person before or anything, but right. what the way you come off to me is like the regular guy who's just, you know, been there, done that. You're obviously you've been in, in unions and you've yep. done all different kinds of jobs and, you know, whether it's acting jobs or iron and all that stuff. And so I think that that's what you've got going for you. It's like, like the everyman kind of like Randy Bryce, you know, cause he was an iron worker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Randy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I met Randy over, um, you know, when he was running, when he came out to California a couple of times and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I remember when I saw his video of, you know, um, well him not only just being an iron worker, but like his mom, who had cancer and, right. you know, um, so yeah, that was like such a great, great story. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like I, there's parts of me that are kind of like Randy Bryce. I feel there's yeah. parts of me that are kind of like John Fetterman out in oh, Pennsylvania. Yes, I love him. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, I am a regular guy. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, like, yeah, I'm not a, I was never a politician. I never yeah. even wanted to have anything to do with being in politics, but it was literally, Kimberly, what happened in these past couple months that I mm -hmm. just said, that's it, man. Like, I'm, if no one else is going to step up and maybe other people will step up, but right. uh, I mean, as of now, uh, it's just me and McCarthy and, uh, so even though I think there's actually some woman um, who is uh, going to try to primary him who thinks that he's not Trumpy enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so what does one do? Like when you decide yeah, I'm going to run and I'm going to I'm going to run for office. Um, now, I just want to I want to preface this with. My friend, who used to be a co-host on the show, and she's on often, Stephanie uh, Walton, she just ran a campaign. She didn't win, but she lives in California, too. She lives in Oakland, and she ran for city council. Now, unfortunately, the incumbent male Democrat won, and I think a lot of, you know, COVID had a lot to do with it because she was unable to go out and shake the hands the way that you, yeah. you would love to. But I know she was involved with a couple of different groups that specifically, you know, uh, catered to teaching women when, you know, if you wanted to run yeah. for office, here's the way to go about it. So do you, do you have, are you involved in any kind of groups that are guiding you through or how are you doing this? Yeah. So I, um, you know, I reached out to, uh, a guy who was uh, running against, um, Nunez, uh, last election, um, uh, he's a prosecutor up in Fresno named Andrew Jans and oh, right. he yes. yeah, he, uh, he introduced me to, uh, uh, some political consultants and yeah, it was like, you know, I spoke with them and we decided, uh, you know, I, I also reached out to, um, Kim Mangan who ran against McCarthy the last time around. And, uh, you know, I spoke with her, um, because I wanted to see if she planned on running again. I didn't really get a, you know, a, a straight answer from her only because I don't think she knew if she was going to run or not again. Um, you know, she had some health issues. And, uh, oh. so instead of me waiting to yeah. 
to see what she was going to decide to do, I decided to to step in myself. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I reached out to a bunch of different people to see how to go about it because it's not an easy thing to no. run for office. Um, especially I, w- I would imagine, you know, it's probably even more difficult running for Congress mm-hmm. uh, because you get the federal election committee and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, I, to do it on my own. I mean, I, you know, I see people saying, Hey, I'm going to run for a bump, bump, bump. I'm thinking, all right, man, well, good luck. Because I noticed a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of people you have to get to have your campaign run efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I'm happy that I have a, a, a great team behind me and, uh, and, you know, we've had some good fundraising and, uh, it, you know, it's the end of the quarter, uh, this week actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and I didn't even start in January, so I didn't get my start until the first week of February. Mm-hmm. So um, my uh, first quarter was a little shortened, so I'm sure I could have raised more money. But, you know, I'm, I'm, we're happy where we are. And it's, a, like I said, a, the, probably the best start of any camp. Well, not probably the best start of any campaign uh, that's ever gone against Kevin McCarthy. So I feel good about that. You know, I just want to say I've been kind of talking about the fact that I believe Democrat, you know, I'm scared. I'm so grateful that Biden won. But, you know, it used to be when Trump was uh, in office, it was every day was like, oh, what horrible thing is going to happen today? And it was just one awful thing after the other. Now we've got Biden. And so for me now it's kind of like it's good it's bad it's good it's bad it's good it's bad it's like one tweet i see is good i watch the news and it's bad so it's like it's up and down because we've got white supremacy it's very clear that the gop wants to rig these next elections so that they never have to we never will have a free and fair election again ever and that really frightens me and so one of the things that i have been talking about and I feel very strongly about is with Democrats. I I wish that Democrats, so I'm just, I'm putting my plea out to you. (laughs) Um, I I would love to see from Democrats. That's that's why the Fetterman guy, he, he's such a freaking badass, And he's, and, and it's like, he tells it like it is. Trump didn't tell it like it was. Trump was just uh, an insult machine who wasn't very bright and he knew how to cater to the angry, resentful people in this country. But yeah. telling it like it is, is don't be afraid. Like like one of the things that I always, um, that, that I've been saying about like the Democrats is they don't toot their own horn. And I see a lot of, when, especially like when it comes to abortion, and I know abortion is not going to be your main thing, but it's like with the idea of abortion, I, I'm, as a woman, as a Democratic woman, I'm tired of seeing the whole, well, you know, I, I mean, and this is not to slam you being raised Catholic, mm-hmm. but like I'm Catholic and I don't believe in it uh, myself, but I am pro-choice. I don't care what you think privately and I get I get why you're going to say that because you know maybe there are some Catholics that are Democrats and they're kind of like I don't know how to feel about this and then they see that somebody else can say well I get that it's somebody else's choice and it's not mine so I, I yeah. do see the benefit in, in sharing that about yourself but I'm so over the apology for abortion that I just I feel like Democrats should just stand up and go, we are pro-choice. We give women choices. Women have reproductive choices in the Democratic Party, period. And we're proud of that. And instead of making apologies for it or, you know, I know it's icky and bad, but, you know, I I hate that because I feel like we undermine ourselves. And and then also I feel like, you know, and I've said this so many times before, in the 2014 midterm elections, we saw – um, Democrats afraid to speak out or speak up 
for Obama. They were afraid to talk about the ACA. And I'm so tired of seeing timid. I mean, you do not appear timid. But, you know, what I want from Democratic candidates is I don't care if you screw up every once in a while. I don't care if you give a wrong answer every once in a while that doesn't, you know, isn't PC or whatever. What I care about is I want to see you fight for me. I want to see you fight for my country, and I want you to be proud. I want to see that proud Democrat because, unfortunately, the Republican Party is insane. They're just a terrorist organization at this point. They were not always. I mean, I think they've been leading up to this, but the behavior yeah. from the from the Republican Party is it's like it's it's not acceptable in any way. And Democrats aren't perfect, and they should always be held to account. Always, but yeah. but what I what I want to see from them is this pride and this we you know they are the american party they're the ones fighting for the people whether it's unions whether it's abortion whether it's clean water or you know common sense gun legislation um i want to see that and i want to feel it because i think that's you know as an actor you have this extra added benefit of understanding how to come across and it's not to say that you're going to act like a congressman it's just that you're going to you know i I just i just feel like you're i have your ear (laughs) so so i'm I'm using it because i want to see this from all democrats and i mean i'd love I, i i don't know what you're like on the stump i don't know what you're like in a town hall and i can imagine you'd be very entertaining and you, you seem like a uh, an entertaining in a good way you know what i mean like a fun yeah, yeah, yeah. a fun town hall because you know it's like i love like i don't know if you're familiar with chris van hollen he's in maryland he's a senator yeah maryland. yeah i love him i love him and it's like he i love watching him speak and now he's not like mr charisma but he, like i think you've got a natural charisma to you you're you're kind of like out there and but it's like there's just something about him that i just love and i think that you have that quality and i hope you know i certainly hope that you beat kevin mccarthy if you if it comes down to the two of you and uh you know but but i just really want to put it out there like i want to see democrats yeah. like just being proud of being democrats and bragging well, kimberly I, let me tell you something. i i am very proud to be a democrat i loved obama I'm I'm so thankful that Joe Biden is our yes, president. I I love I also love Bernie. Like you know, there's people that are like oh well, Bernie. That like I'm I'm a I consider myself a progressive. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like I'm I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say a lot of fucked up wrong shit because <laughs> I'm not this. I'm not a slick used car salesman politician right. like McCarthy. You know, I I mean so yeah. I mean I'm not. Yeah, I I watch the news. I know what's happening. I'm a regular guy. Like, yeah, I I, I probably don't have the, the I don't I don't have a college degree. Right. I went and I went from high school. I joined the service. Uh, I was a torpedo man. Uh, you wow. know, I was taking torpedoes off of submarines and bring them on to our ship and we'd repair them. And then we'd take them from our ship and we'd put them on submarines. So, yeah, like while my friends were going to college, I was. I was in the Navy. So, and, but my whole life has been work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say a lot of fucked up shit that people <laughs> are gonna be like, Bruno, do you know what you just said? And, uh, but I'm just a regular guy. So I'm, I'm just right. gonna like do day by day and I'm, I'm gonna learn as I go yeah. and, uh, I'm never gonna be slick. I'm never gonna mm-hmm. be a bullshit artist mm-hmm. like these other guys. Like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, this guy wakes up, you know, McCarthy, I mean, I saw him like 
put something on Twitter yesterday. This, I mean, it's so laughable, these fucking guys. Like, he put a thing out there that said, the Republican Party is for the blue-collar worker or for the working man or some nonsense yeah. like that. I'm like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? These guys, they're anti-union. They yeah. hate unions. Hate. Mm-hmm. They want, if they could have their way, they're against raising the the minimum wage. So this is what they want. They want you to be non-union. Uh-huh. They want you to make seven bucks an hour. Yeah. This is their, uh, these are the guys that are coming out. Like this guy, and he even had the photo of his stupid smiling face saying <laughs> the Republican party is for the American worker. Like, give me a break, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, see, that's what, that's what people love about this regular guy thing is because they, you can identify with with the regular guy because we're all these regular people just trying to make our lives you know as good as we can and we all want the same thing i mean that's the benefit i think that that or i should say as a democrat uh you know joe biden like for instance he said i'm going to be president to everybody well clearly trump was only wanting to be president to his to his rally people um, and the q people but when you're a democrat you recognize that Republicans really we all want the same thing we all just want to live happy contented lives where we have access to health care and you know where we have enough money so that we can retire and put our kids through school have enough food to eat have a nice home it's really pretty simple unfortunately you know there are these people who who especially with somebody like Donald Trump think that just you know tomorrow they might be a multimillionaire. You know, if mm-hmm. just, all of a sudden there, if something miraculous will happen and there'll be a multimillionaire. And it's like most people aren't going to be multimillionaires. Most people are just wanting to live regular lives with just you yeah. know, and that makes them happy. And so somebody who isn't shiny and who isn't, pol- I mean, so polished and so slick that like they're like the slimy snakes. It's nice right. to see somebody who is just like me, you know, oh, this guy can relate to my problems. And I mean, we've seen people like that get elected into Congress and usually they work really hard because they they experience firsthand the crap that, you know, pissed them off enough to get there. So, you yeah. know, I mean, obviously the insurrection pushed you. But still, yeah. you've lived this life of, you know, just working and wanting to have a nice life for yourself. And, and you're not trying to become a multi. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you ever wanted to be. But I mean, your, your goal, at, at least from what I can tell, is to just have a good life and to be comfortable. Yeah. And um, I think I'll, that I'll, I'll say this. My life has it's actually been like really kind of simple like the last 20 years like being an actor like it's kind of like you never know when your next paycheck Mm -hmm. is going to you know i don't have to tell you but like Mm -hmm. yeah to make a living as an actor uh, uh, i mean unless you're um you know like some a-list or just very straight below yeah it's not an easy thing you know because you never know if you're going to be getting any money in the next month or or so like and that's how it's been for me for the past 20 years like i've made a living being an actor but you know i mean i'm just a middle class guy yeah but that's impressive i gotta say i mean i certainly did not make a living you know i was able to work i would say when i was on days of our lives for that seven year time period i worked Mm -hmm. you know maybe let's say average um i'd say maybe 10 anywhere from 10 to 15 times a year so, yeah. you know, and, and as an under five person at that time, I think every every time I got hired as an under five for that day, I made two hundred and seventy one dollars. 
And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so, I mean, that was, you know, t- 10 to 15 times a year. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't live I on know. that. <laughs> so. And then you got, and then you got to pay your dues, you yes, know, which, yes. I, and, and I mean, of course, like, you know, uh, I'm happy to pay dues. Right. Like I, you know, even like when I was an iron worker, like paying, uh, yeah. my union dues, because that money is going towards hopefully, electing other yes. people that will help bring work. Like, you know, like, look at this, um, this guy, McCarthy, um, you know, well, first, like, I, I hate sometimes, like, when I tweet something about him, like, they're like, hey, Bruno, you left off uh, his Twitter handle, which is GOP leader. Mm-hmm. I, I just hate to write that friggin' <laughs> because this guy is the furthest thing from being a leader. But, yeah. you know, sometimes I do it because, you know, I, I, I hopefully maybe he'll see it, but I, I doubt yeah. it. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like, so the American Rescue Plan, I mean, it probably saved, I don't know how many thousands of people in this district, like literally right. saved them from, you know, being on the street. Yeah. This guy voted against that. Yes. God, you've got to remind everybody. Me? You have to remind everybody of that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like he, yeah. And, and then like, if you remember his, and so anyway, before McCarthy became the congressman of this district, it was another guy. Um, I, I, I can't think of his name right now, but anyway, he came out on the news uh, about a month ago, and McCarthy used to work for him. Like I don't I think McCarthy was like an intern on this guy, uh, and this other guy was a congressman here for I think like twenty some years before McCarthy, and he came out and just blasted McCarthy to say hmm. how disappointed he was in him because. I mean, here the Capitol gets overrun by basically McCarthy's lies and Trump's lies and Trump's kids' lies and all these other mm-hmm. jerk offs that were on Fox News every night saying that their election was stolen and all this bullshit. And now, of course, as you know, this woman, uh, I can't think of Powell, whatever her name oh, is, Sydney like. Sydney Powell, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I was saying, like, I wasn't, I didn't think anybody would believe what I was right. saying. Like, that's her new defense now. Yeah. It's yeah. unreal. It's just it's unreal. Unreal, yeah. Kimberly. And, and you know, and uh, and and then you have these Q people. Yes. You know that are in his um, in his party that he is so afraid of. Yeah. Like this is their new base, the Q people, white supremacists. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they lose that vote, they're done. <laughs> I know. <laughs> have you have you been watching that Q documentary? No. Oh my God! I just watched the first one last night. I, I, I am like, I just don't even know what to say. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. And the thing is, like, <laughs> I didn't want to watch it because it's upsetting. And you know what? It's interesting. For the last two nights in a row, I have had shitty dreams. And the first is like, <laughs> a night, it, I can't really call it a nightmare. It wasn't scary. <laughs> but it was just, it was shitty. And, I, and the first night, not last night, but uh, the first one, it was weird because I can't really describe it. You know how dreams are weird and you can't describe them, but it had something to do with Twitter and you know, I'm on Twitter all the time. And so uh, it was like, I was dreaming about news stories and then I was also dreaming about, you know, one of the things that I hate so much about social media is you see people posting about, I just lost my mother. I just lost my cat. I just lost my dog. And it's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I just, feel so terrible when i see this so i was dreaming about that i'm dreaming about the news stories then this is so weird last night and i don't know why because i woke up pissed off both days woke up pissed off yesterday and this morning but it was like i dreamed that okay 
Mary Trump had was went out on a date with Kevin McCarthy. And then I remember oh in the God. dream, I remember that she's gay. And I'm like, why would she go out with Kevin McCarthy? And I'm like, maybe she's trying to out him as gay. And I mean, it was like this really <laughs> weird, nonsensical thing. But but it's like it just it made me I don't know what's going on. But um, that, you know, I know like, it sucks that like now your dreams are even getting screwed up by these people. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I knew watching this before I went to bed, which was the thing I turned off before I went to bed. I thought, oh, no, this is probably going to mess with my dreams. But it's like I think we need to know who they are so that we yeah. can be prepared to counter them. But I mean, I just want to say I'm really glad you're running. And I really hope that, you know, you just take the pride in being a Democrat because I am so thirsty and hungry for that. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I think the Democratic Party is doing a pretty good job. Obviously, there are places where I'd like to see them go further, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to criticize the entire party because yeah. we didn't get the $15 minimum. That was eight Democrats that didn't vote for it. That's their fault. Yeah, yeah, you know, the rest yeah, yeah, of the yeah, Democratic sure. Party voted for it. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and when we make mistakes, I think we need to examine that, to, to call it out, to be upfront with it. Because, you know, I mean, as is, I used to be a salesperson and I was taught immediately. Well, my mother was a salesperson and she always told me, own your mistake. Immediately yeah. own it. Don't don't send it off on someone else. Don't blame it on someone else. And then I also I had the first job that I ever had as an outside sales rep. Um, and, and one of my territories was Bakersfield, by the way. Um, oh. I, I my boss told me, he said, don't basically don't oversell. So I, I sold like uh, coffee and tea accessories and bone china and all that yeah. stuff. So he said, sometimes you're going to find a new customer. And, and I think this kind of applies to, uh, to politics. But he said, you're going to find a new customer and they're going to be all excited and they're going to want to order everything. Don't let them. If, if they order too much and that doesn't sell, they're never going to order from us again. It's better if they start small and then build. And so I had this guy he called me up. And he had one of these chain places, and, and so we could work over the phone because he had a catalog, and so did I. So, you know, I'm writing everything down that he wants, and we come to the end, and it's $2,000. And I'm like, you know what? This, is, this order is just way too huge. I said, we should at yeah. least cut it in half. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I just, I said, you know, I told him the truth. I said, you know, what if this stuff doesn't sell? You're going to tell me your stuff doesn't sell and you're never going to order from me again. I'd rather, let's start small. So I said, yeah. I'd rather start with 500. So I think we compromised down to like 700. And it was so funny because after that stuff sold, he never, I mean, he, he never even had to meet with me. He's just like, come in the store, look at the shelves and fill them. And, <laughs> and then when I, when I quit... I called him and he was in a panic and he's like, what am I going to do? Who's going <laughs> to, but I think the key here is that you want to be honest with people. You want them to feel that you're genuine and you don't overpromise. And it's like, I, I want to see that when I'm seeing democratic candidates out there, especially now, I want to see them not only, you know, being proud to be a Democrat and this is what we've done for you. We, you know, yeah. unions have gotten you this and Democrats got you this 40 hour work week and Democrats yeah. give you health care and, you know, real because it's like people don't know the Democrats don't brag. And it's like yeah. when, when you see people, I'm not going to overpromise. You know, if you tell them straight up front, the trust that you get back is insane because they, like, yeah. they never and want anybody know, else. Have you ever seen the um, from uh, the West Wing uh, with Jimmy Smits and Alan Alda? Oh, it's yes. a thing where. You know, Alan Alda calls Jimmy Smith a, a liberal, liberal. Yeah. Like as an insult. And then Jimmy Smith says, yeah, 
I am a liberal, and let me tell you about why I'm a yes. liberal. And then he goes on and tells about the 40-hour work week yeah. And, and, yeah, and all the things that liberals have done for this country and Social Security and this and that. Like, yeah, damn, damn straight I'm a liberal. And uh, I'm also a liberal, Kimberly, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, um, I'm, you know, I, I think everybody, you know, deserves – good health care. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, as much as I loved the uh, Affordable Care Act, I know that there's still people like my girlfriend, for uh, example, like, you know, um, so she has uh, ACA, whatever. She still mm -hmm. pays $1,000 a month mm -hmm. almost for her insurance. And her daughter, who, you know, makes, I don't know, like 35 grand a year or something, is, is still paying like 500 a month. So like, mm -hmm. As good as that, like so many people are covered and and like I think it could be so much better. So I'm like for Me Medicare too. for all and, yeah. and even Medicare has problems because because mm -hmm. once I put that out there, they're like, hey, Bruno, I'm on Medicare and I'm paying blah, blah, blah right. for this and I don't get dental. So like I just want, you know, of course, I, I'm not going to be able to do it myself. But right. I mean, like if you ask me, like, yeah, I think everybody is entitled in this country should have health care where they don't have to worry about getting sick and going mm -hmm. broke and, um, you know, and things like that. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough issues, especially where I am here, because like, there's a lot of, you know, oil, of course, is a yeah. big, um, a big job thing in, in Bakersfield and the surrounding areas. So, you know, like for me to be like anti-oil, like that's just stupid. <laughs> like, right. you know, what we need to do is of course we need to transition uh -huh. to, to greener and cleaner jobs. So it's not going to happen overnight, but right. you know, it's, it's funny. Like when I went to visit this constituents oil field uh, this past weekend, while I was driving to the oil field, not only was I passing pump jacks, you know, yeah. those things pumping oil, that looked like grasshoppers, mm -hmm. but, um, <laughs> yeah. but I was passing like solar farms. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, we got all this open mm -hmm. land out here and it's like, you know what, if you tell a guy like, Hey, I know you, you, you make a living, you know, uh, working in the oil fields doing blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We could, we could get those jobs to, to be greener jobs. It not only will help, you know, keep the environment clean, but mm -hmm. like that, that are union jobs and, yes. that, and that you could take care of your family even better and, right. you know, and slowly, you know, work our way away from all of this, uh, you know, you know, I mean, climate change is another big thing that's mm -hmm. facing our country. So it's like so many uh, facing yeah. the world. Uh, right. yeah, exactly. it's just, so, I mean, it's, it's a complicated thing. And of course, like I ramble sometimes and, uh, and I'm probably going to say a lot of wrong stuff <laughs> and Kim, as, as you could tell, I'm not, I'm not too, you know, slick. Right. I'm just like, I, I just talk and, uh, that's just how I've been. And uh, so it's going to be hard to change me because I'm going to be turning 60 this year. So it's hard to, to change your ways. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, one thing I before I let you go, I'm going to go back to the um, and I, I know that the ACA is not perfect. Um, yeah. And obviously, it's got a lot of benefit. And I'm I'm also a progressive, but I you know I consider myself a pragmatic progressive. I was for yeah. Elizabeth Warren in this past primary, but um, but I'm actually quite impressed with Joe, what Joe Biden has done, and yeah. and I'm and I'm very happy with him. But as far as the ACA, that's why the public option is so great because if you've got yeah. constituents who are like you know we don't necessarily like the ACA or we don't like the idea of socialism. I mean, I would point out socialism. It's first of all, it would be democratic socialism. It's not the Soviet 
kind of socialist right. thing. But democratic socialism has brought you, you know, the fire department, the police department, it, it's yeah. what repairs roads. Are, yeah, yeah. the roads, all that stuff. Sometimes people don't even know that, you know, and it's like you just have to point that out to them and, and they go, oh, because it's your tax dollars that are paying for it. But the thing yeah. is, the public option on the ACA is so great because it's not going to be a mandatory thing. It's your choice if you want to do yeah. it. And then I think it's so great because over time, what is it, five, ten years, something like that? I think the whole country would choose to go because you hear, you know, if you're on, if you've got that public option and you're happy with it, you're going to tell mm-hmm. people, you know, and you're going to, you're going to talk to your friends and your neighbors and your family. And you're going to go, Hey, this is really great because, you know, if you're, if your friend is having a hard time or whatever it is, it's like, well, I'm, I'm doing great on this and here's why. And it's word of mouth. And before you know it, and right now, there's just no way we're going to get rid of all the insurance companies all at once right. and start Medicare for all. It would be impossible to do that. It oh, would just totally. be stupid. I, I, I so agree with you. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, for me, it's all about transitioning. Like, yeah, I yes. think the ACA yeah. has done tremendous. And not only has it done tremendous things, but like, especially now, since they passed the, uh, the American rescue plan, like yes. now it's even more strengthened. Yeah. And, um, and look at all these kids now that are, uh, you know, that are now out of poverty. And like, mm-hmm. to think that these people voted against that, like, mm-hmm. and that they're, and that they're, they're saying like, yeah, like we voted against it and like, they're proud of it. Like, so do you realize yeah. like what just happened in the past week? Like all these kids now, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's like really. Half, uh, I think half of the children, or it's like getting. Uh, it was cutting child poverty in half. So in half. yeah, in half. And then you know, parents who have kids are going to get huge checks, which it's not mm-hmm. enough since we've been through this for more than a year. But it's more mm-hmm. than Republicans would ever give them. And so yeah, it's like just sing those. You know, sing the praises of the Democratic Party. And I, you know, I really think that you have a shot because if you're going to be readily available to your district and to the people in your community and you're able to talk to them, because you know what I think is funny is that I think progressive people are probably naturally going to be good at talking to MAGAs as long as, you know, because it's what you want and what they want is the same. You're not coming yeah. from a corporatist, you know, ideal. You're, you're coming from a, Hey, the, I get it. I'm you. And, yeah. and that's what people want to, they want to know that they're going to be represented. And I mean, I don't think, you know, I mean, I, I can absolutely say that I don't think you should be an actor and then try to become president. You know what I mean? Right, it's like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't totally. think you should, or, you know, or, you know, a salesperson or whatever, you know, I think, I think if you want to become president, you need to have some experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I but, mean, like I, I totally get that too. Like, yeah, I have no political experience. Like I get it. I'm just a regular guy, but maybe that's what this district that, yeah, needs. That's what I'm saying. A regular working guy that knows how these people, you know, feel like every day, getting up every day and, and having to go to work and, and put a, keep a roof over your head and send your kids to school. So uh, I'm hoping that I could reach those people. Yeah, and, and that's uh, everybody, that's everybody you know, in your district. Yeah. I, I got a lot to learn, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've gone pretty far in my life. Like, you know, I learned to be an iron worker. I learned to be an actor, you know, it, mm-hmm. like some things you learn as mm-hmm. you go on. And like, if you want to compare 
this guy has a lot more political experience than me. And, you know, I mean, you could weigh it one way or the other. Like, maybe right. that's a good thing and maybe it's a bad thing. Like, I look at his experience as being a bad thing. Yeah. Me too. So. <laughs> well, I certainly <laughs> hope that you kick his ass <laughs> in, the, in the ballot box. That's what I mean. Um, yeah. But so it was awesome talking to you. And I, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to I'm going to have fun watching you grow and, and watching your candidacy. And I might have you back on again as mm. we get closer to the election. Um, so I just want to say thank you for being on. But before you go, oh, well, first of all, actually, I should say this. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, let me see. Um, well, uh, you know, boy, I, I should have something prepared for that. Is there anything I want to add? Uh, no, I mean, like, I, you know, I just uh, ask everybody to, um, to give me a, to give me a, a chance, uh, to prove myself, you know, I'm just gonna keep speaking out and, um, you know, trying to meet as many people, especially, uh, in this district, like, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm yeah. sure I reach people from all over the country. And I'm sure like right. just being on your show is going to reach people in different parts of the country. But, you know, I mean, it really comes down to helping the people here, yeah. you know, and uh, but also in the same in the same motion, getting rid of one of the worst mm-hmm. politicians that is is in our country now who literally um, was ready to to let this country just go yeah. away, yeah. you know? And, uh, yeah. And, and I'm not going to let people forget what happened on January Good. 6th. I'm going to remind them as much as I can that this guy was not only part of it, that he, if it weren't for him, I don't know if, you know, him and other people, not mm-hmm. just him, you know, alone, but you know, he, he, he carried that big lie mm-hmm. and, um, He's never apologized for it. Like, remember, there uh, uh, people died. Yeah, yeah. Like, Officers there's a, died. a cop was killed. Yeah. I don't know. Another cop, I think, had his finger. Like, well, a few other cops like committed suicide. I don't know yes. why. Um, but you know, very close to that day, uh, right. other people were there were killed. So many other people were injured that they're going to carry these injuries for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And then I- I'm going to make sure that people remember that part of why that happened was because of Kevin. McCarthy himself. He lied. He lied to his constituents in the 23rd district. He lied to the entire country. Yeah, I'm going to remind people about that. Well, and I would say that, you know, even though you don't have experience in politics, obviously you're going to gain it now. Uh, I think the most important thing, like as a voter, I what I would want to see from you or any candidate is show up and shake the hands, you know, press the flesh and listen to people. And, you know, as long as you can just like listen to them and then, of course, sell the Democratic Party, you know, sell yourself, sell the Democratic Party. But it's like that's what I want to see as a voter from every single Democratic candidate. I want to see them not afraid to tackle the issues. I I don't care, like I said, if they make mistakes. I just what I care about is their character. And, you know, and, and, and somebody who's clearly capable of the job and understanding. But I think what makes you capable is you understand the needs of what an average American has every day. And so, you know, Kevin McCarthy doesn't give a shit about any of that. 
and you do. And that goes a long way. And, and if you're genuine and sincere, people totally feel that energy. You know, they can feel it and they, and they trust it. And so I definitely uh, wish you all the luck. And I don't know, you're not supposed to say that in acting. You're supposed to say break a leg. I don't know if there's oh, a yeah. politics, <laughs> like a political equivalent. But um, mm-hmm. I do, I do, you know, wish you luck. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show. It's interesting to talk to you. So much fun. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm grateful that you invited me, Kimber. This was, this was fun. I mean, this is my, uh, wait, this is my first podcast. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Your first time. All right. Well, so before I let you go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and where they can donate? Oh, so yeah. Uh, I mean like mainly, um, they could go to Bruno for congress.org and that's bruno for like f-o-r bruno okay. for congress.org or you know i'm i'm on uh i'm readily available on twitter uh for people that uh are on twitter and that's at uh bruno amato underscore one okay. uh at twitter whatever and uh or you just like google my name bruno amato and i'm sure it'll pop up uh you know where to find me and uh yeah no that I, I, i'm sure that will do it well, and then just keep in mind, everybody, that I always include uh, – so I'm going to have his Twitter handle, the secure blue link where you can donate. Plus, if you go to that – what is it, Bruno? What is it, Bruno for Congress? Uh, yeah, BrunoForCongress.org. Dot yeah. org. Uh, there is – you can read his about, and you can get an idea of his history a little bit more, his parents, stuff like that, and, yeah. um, you know, the union stuff. It's really worth your time. I would highly recommend you do that. And um, you can always find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And then you can find my books on Amazon if you get them and you like them. Uh, please leave a review because authors need reviews. But thank you again, Bruno. This was a great and fun conversation. Uh, Kimberly, you're the best. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I truly appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much. All right. Well, you take care and be safe. You too. Okay, take bye- care. Bye-bye. Bye.